Hey everybody, welcome to the Daughters Podcast. We're six young Catholic friends just trying to live out our identities as beloved daughters of God. We want to share our conversations with you in hopes that you too might see the ways that God is working in the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries of your lives. Thanks so much for joining us. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the gift of rest and for this great gift of technology and being able to um, see each other during this time. And we just ask our that are open to you and the words that you want to speak. Um, and we pray for an overwhelming amount of peace to be upon us during this time. Um, and we pray for the mantle of Our Lady to be wrapped around us and all of our listeners um, and all of the words that we speak that she may elevate all of our words as a gift um, and make them perfect. And uh, yeah, we just give you great thanks, Lord, for the gift of being together. St. Mary Magdalene. Pray for us. Thank you, Kelsey. So hello, listeners. It's been a little while <laughs> since we last talked to you. Um, as you know, and your life has been affected as well, this pandemic has kind of paused everything and so um, we haven't been able to get into the studio but we are all here via zoom and so we wanted to catch up and check in and just share some of our thoughts and prayers um, right now but yeah let's just start how is everyone doing where are we at is everyone surviving <laughs> you're all smiling and nodding that's great <laughs> Surviving is a good word for it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I go through phases. Like some days it's it's okay and like doing well. And other days I'm just like, I just want to go somewhere <laughs> other mm -hmm. than here. Um, yeah. But thankful for being able to go on walks and things like that. Yeah. You also have a new member of your family since you last podcasted. Yes. Mateo. Um, yeah, he's uh, three months old, which is insane. Um, yeah, he's been keeping, keeping me really busy, which, um, yeah, it's kind of got in my mind off of things, but I just want to like take him out and like show him things, you know, I think he just thinks um, I'm, I'm like not for screen time with babies, but that's the only way he can see family that, that wanted to come visit and stuff. So I, I'm worried he's going to think people live inside phones, but <laughs> that's fine. We'll correct it later. <laughs> Baby problems. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Um, quarantine. So I'm still working full time. Praise God. Job. Um, it's been a little stressful just in transitioning over to working from home, from being in a clinic and seeing patients face to face all the time. Um, it's been a huge transition for them too. And just like, you know, a lot of people's mental health is suffering. Um, but the cool thing about working for the government, they, they have a ton of resources. We've been able to kind of do some video um, chatting with veterans and to get them like some type of connection so they're not just isolated. Um, but it's been a huge gift for me. I've been able to, um, spend the entire quarantine with Adam actually, which has been such a gift. Um, my 
friends are renting him a room in their home. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's been so nice to just, like, our prayer was, and, like, our kind of cry out to God was how rough it was being long distance. And so God kind of answered that prayer in a weird, twisted way. <laughs> um, that's been pretty amazing. And, yeah, getting to, like, work from home while he makes me pancakes. I, I, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Case? Yeah, mine has been sort of similar. I'm also still working full time. Um, but my commute is like really early in the morning and it's on public transportation, which is basically empty at this point. So that part has been pretty nice, uh, like having a guaranteed seat. Uh, I feel like I relate to what you said, Sophia, about having highs and lows, because on one hand, I'm... I fall more onto the introverted side of introvert, extrovert spectrum, I guess. Uh, so I love being home and I'm a homebody. And so I enjoy that part of it immensely. Uh, but at the same time, I do get bored. And I'm also just like a stubborn, selfish person a lot of the time. So any like disruption to my routine. So when this whole thing first started, like all these things that I would normally do or places that I enjoyed going, getting like close to the public and just kind of turning everything that I would normally do on my day-to-day -day upside down was very uh, difficult for me to accept. And so there was a lot of just like anger and frustration about the situation when it first started. But yeah, I think just bringing those frustrations to God and being honest with him about it has been very helpful. And I think some of the positives that have come out of this quarantine is definitely getting to spend more time with Ben um, and that has been very enjoyable and we both have just like hobbies that we've picked up again now that we spend so much more time at home and we have a lot more time on our hands to do those things so Ben's is cooking so I like thrive from that <laughs> I don't do any of the work I just like reap the benefits uh, so Ben has been cooking a lot more a lot of very delicious food and I've just been like I always liked making things um, so I've gone back a little bit to like just creating more stuff uh, with my hands and yeah, like making like fun projects at home. So that's a little benefit, I guess, that, that we've had during the time. That's awesome. What's one of the things you've made? I made, when we watched A Hidden Life the other day, I made like 10 rosaries. I saw you doing <laughs> that. Like, After watching, I was just like tying knots and making rosaries. <laughs> That's awesome. Rach, how's it going? Things are good. I kind of I agree with everyone else that it's been like highs, like high highs and low lows. Um, it's been nice spending more time with Austin. I think we've both really enjoyed like just slowing down a little bit. But we also were kind of like walking through a rough season already, like right when the quarantine hit. So it's been hard being away, like walking through a difficult season and then on top of it, not like being cut off from our community basically um, and like forced to just kind of live through it in a little bit more of an isolated state. So we've been kind of struggling with that and figuring out how to like live through that. Um, but yeah, it's been overall like good, I think is maybe like the best weeks are good weeks. The worst weeks are pretty bad, <laughs> but it's like, I don't think any given week of the quarantine has been like awesome. Mm. 
been like good. Mm. Um, but yeah. yeah, what about you, Kels? Um, yeah, I mean, I've still been going into work. So yeah, I work at Catholic TV and we're an essential service. So I've been getting to go into the office every day, which is actually really nice just for maintaining a sense of normalcy. And also the fact that I get to go to mass every day. I really do not mm -hmm. take that for granted. That has been such a gift. Like I just, yeah, God is too good to me, but also it's like, he knows that I need him so badly that <laughs> I need to go to mass every day. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's been, that's been really good. I, it's, I mean, it's definitely weird coming home and my evenings are completely free. Like I have nothing on the calendar besides Zoom calls with different people, which that's actually been one of the best parts is I've talked to my family and friends more than I have ever before. <laughs> um, on the weekends, on Saturday, we have a video chat with my whole mom's side of the family. There's like 20 of us. And then the next day we have one with my dad's side. There's like another 15 of us. So just getting to chat with them a lot and, and see friends. And honestly, I feel more connected to my parish at St. Mary's also, just because our pastor, Father Jonathan, has been doing a lot online. And um, I just feel like I've been interacting with him and other parishioners more than I typically do. Um, so I think that's been like a hidden joy of this all. Um, but yeah, it, it's certainly weird. And it's been giving me a lot of time to pray. I feel more like a monk than I ever have also, <laughs> especially this past Holy Week. It was a lot of time for prayer, um, which was really good. It was, that was, that was a real blessing. So yeah, just taking it one day at a time, but yeah. Yeah. Helen, I don't think, did you share yet? How are you doing? No, um, mine's been pretty similar to a lot of other people's, um, feeling the roller coaster. I feel like my roller coaster very much has to do with days that are creative and encouraging and I'm excited about the things that I'm going to do in my personal and professional life. And then days that I just feel really discouraged. Um, as you, as many of you guys know, I work in, I work in ministry. I'm actually part-time right now and it's just been really difficult not being present, um, with the teens. It's just a very different type of ministry, uh, as a as everybody in ministry is really experiencing. I mean, most especially priests. And then, Personally, it's been tough being at home, but there's been a number of joys from it, spending more time with Jonathan, obviously being one of them, and then also picking up hobbies. I feel like God has really, really been making me flexible to the to what the Holy Spirit wants to do with my day. I really just had a moment in prayer this morning where God was putting that on my heart and just being open to the ways that he wanted to use this time because my normal schedule, even when I work full time, is so, so flexible and it changes every week, like what hours I work. Um, but at the same time, there's still like a number of things that like are consistently on the calendar, like whether it's hanging out with friends or like stuff at work, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like having this op wide open schedule of not only less time at work, but different times of, of working and, and personal life and just trying to see what God wants me to use my time for, but just be present in the the moment. So it's nice to slow down. It's a, it's a good lesson. So I'm trying to reap the benefits of it. Mm. I feel like similarly, I've been realizing that I need to be way more open to the Holy Spirit because I think with all of this free time, I get overwhelmed by all the things I could be doing and that I want to be doing. All the things that when my life was previously filled, I wanted to have the time for, but now that I do have this time, it's almost like, choice anxiety of what do I do and I find myself like constantly like thinking about how I'm going to structure my day and like 
just trying to fit everything in and just realizing like, I just need to be open to the Holy Spirit and like where he wants to lead me today because I end up stressing myself out <laughs> if I'm trying to get all of these things done and then I end up not really doing any of them. So um, yeah, can relate to that. Yeah. Like I was really, I was struggling and putting, trying to put so much structure to my day that it ended up like not working in a lot of ways because I wasn't feeling the joy of and the flexibility that God had given to me and gifted me during this time. And so I'm looking forward to this next week and in the future and hopefully just trying to release that control more. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, this is obviously to state what has been stated a million times, not by us in particular, but just by, I think everyone, like this is such a weird time. Um, and I'm going to say unprecedented again, it's been said a bazillion <laughs> times. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's quite bizarre. And especially being the Easter season, I think when it was Lent, a lot of this sort of made more sense. And it was like, oh, this fits liturgically with where we are. It's a season of penance and retreat into the desert. Um, and so this sort of isolating, quiet solitude sort of made sense. But then I think once Easter hit and we realized like this is the season when we celebrate, we're meant to be in community and um, rejoicing together. And, and that's not happening the way that we expected. Um, it's very interesting and sort of this tension between being a joyful Easter people, but also realizing like the world is suffering right now. The whole body of Christ is suffering. Um, and when I read the readings from this past Saturday's mass, it was the, the feast of St. Mark. The first reading really struck me. I just want to share it with you and um, maybe we can just discuss. I think it's pretty relevant to what's happening now. So it is from first Peter. Um, and it says, be sober and vigilant. Your opponent, the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that your brothers and sisters throughout the world undergo the same sufferings. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory through Christ Jesus, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you after you have suffered a little. And yeah, I just thought in particular, the way it's talking about how our brothers and sisters are suffering as well um, and the fact that the Lord will strengthen us he will console us and he will restore us after we've suffered a little while just really um, hit home of like where we're at right now so yeah I just kind of wanted to bring that to the table and um, I think you know a question that came to mind as I was reading this is what is the particular temptation that maybe this certain atmosphere is providing or, or causing or fostering um, that we need to resist. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I can just, I'll just open that up to you guys. Um, I think I shared a little bit just how I'm very tempted to try to like get a grasp on things and really like figure <laughs> figure my life out and really like structure my days and sort of make up for this lack of of routine um i think that's a small temptation but yeah i would just be curious to hear from you guys what that might look like 
Um, so I feel like, um, well, for me, this period has been interesting because I was pretty much like quarantined, um, from a while back. Um, I think, uh, towards the end of my pregnancy, I just was so uncomfortable. I didn't really want to go anywhere. And then, um, once Mateo was born, there was the flu season. And so we had to stay indoors for the most part. We couldn't really go to restaurants or, um, cafes or things like that. And so, um, I've kind of, I feel like I've been in quarantine for about three months now, three and a half. And so one thing that's a temptation for me is, well, I'm realizing like, um, that I'm pretty selfish. Like I think when, um, when I got married, I realized like how selfish I was, um, because I had to, um, just be mindful of someone else's, uh, wants and likes and how he, you know, Chris wanted to do things versus me. And then I think we kind of overcame that, right? I think all couples go through this period where it's like a weird transition and you realize you're selfish, but then you work through it. And then, um, my sister moved in and I realized that I was selfish then too. And I wanted things done a certain way. And then I got over that and then Mateo came and that's a very different kind of, um, selflessness that you need to like um do I guess um and so I don't know like things um just like I don't really have time for myself per se like to do things that I want to do or um I try to I try to have a routine and then it's like impossible it's just impossible so just um laying that down um and just offering that up to God and um, just trying to let go of all these standards or like expectations that I had and just going with the flow. So I think I've been very tempted to be selfish and to, um, to kind of get, get a, I don't know. It's like so many people out there are suffering like physically, emotionally, psychologically, financially suffering and here I am being like, oh, I just want to go to a cafe, you know, I just want to like see someone face to face and hug them. And it's like so petty um, compared to what other people are going through. So that's definitely a temptation I've been tempted by. I don't think you should compare that suffering, though, to, to your own, because, you know, the pain of loneliness is so real. Um, and like, yeah, the pain of isolation within itself, it doesn't matter if like you have coronavirus or whatever, like there's so much suffering that's going on regardless. And I don't think it's comparable. Mm. I don't want to say that because mm. not petty for, <laughs> for wanting, you know? Yeah. I think it's been really interesting that, you know, the whole, well, not the whole, well, okay. Um, I, I have family in Spain and Chris's family in Hungary. And it's very interesting to see how we are all going through the same thing. Um, and we can connect in a way that we've never been able to connect before. Um, it doesn't matter how far we are away from each other. It doesn't matter the time difference or whatever. It's just, we're all going through this period of, um, isolation and confinement and, um, just seeing how it's affecting 
people in other parts of the world. And in a, in a weird way, we are all connected. Um, it's a very hard way to be connected, but it's, it's very unique. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that's what really struck me about this specific reading is Peter saying like, remember that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same sufferings. And I mean, he's talking specifically about being persecuted for the faith, but it's applicable to this. Like we, and this is a very unique situation, I think, where not only the body of Christ around the world, but just like humans around the world are experiencing the same kind of suffering. Like everyone in some shape or form is experiencing the effects of this pandemic, um, whether it's actually being sick or having a loved one who's sick or just suffering loneliness or the inconvenience of the world sort of being on pause. Um, and I, I don't know, to me that I find that very like, um, like it, it makes me want to persevere sort of like knowing that, that, that we're not alone in this. Um, yeah. I think a particular temptation for me has been to just kind of like, and I felt this especially when it first started and Casey, you mentioned this a little bit, but just like being kind of angry about the situation. And then like that led me to kind of this, like almost a desire to just kind of white knuckle it through it. Like, just like, all right, I'm going to hunker down and I'll do like the bare minimum to get by, or we'll just like try to, um, I don't know, make it like pass as quickly as possible rather than really like taking advantage of this time. It's like something that Austin and I have continuously reflected on is like, we as a married couple are like outside of retirement are probably never going to get this much time together like ever really mm -hmm. um so it's good like and especially for us to have this opportunity to do this this early on in our marriage is a really beautiful gift to just like spend time together and like spend more time having like deeper conversations that we might not have during the normal work week or that um and doing activities that like we might not usually try one and um with one another so it's been like I've been trying to kind of fight off that temptation to just like do the bare minimum or like white knuckle through or just like um rather than like okay saying like okay this situation is unique what can I be doing with this time to like actually grow in here in this time rather than just like persevere mm. or rather than just like skate by Yeah, I think this is a huge time for purification. Um, I think we've kind of all said this, but it's been a time where you have time. Um, and I think that like, we live in a culture that is so, like it's a consumer culture where we're constantly like taking in information, being with people, like constantly consuming that now, like, yes, there's still a temptation to do that because we're home and we have all this time. Um, but it's like finally a time to actually sit and be with yourself and like face maybe things that you haven't faced before. I know for me this time, like a lot of things have come up that I like was kind of avoiding, but like I need deep healing from um, that I may not have kind of come to that conclusion had I not had all this time to like actually sit and be, um, but kind of similar, like going along with that reading, you know, 
the enemy is prowling about like a, a roaring lion. Like he wants to bring these things up and, and make us despair. But ultimately, if we take these things and we, you know, we take our loneliness, we take, yeah, whatever, whatever's coming up during this time, our anger, our frustration, um, and we give it to God, he is going to redeem that. Um, and it is coming. It's just, we don't know when. And, uh, um, like that's the frustrating part about all of it is just like the when is this all going to happen when is this going to end um, but I do think it's such a beautiful time because it's forcing us to rely on God for everything and forcing us to to not have an answer to when the end is coming um, and so like yeah when we rely on God everything goes right <laughs> so it's kind of cool to just like reset and um yeah like allow for a deeper freedom that um, maybe we wouldn't have had had we not had this time mm. I also think it's cool to put the focus back on the family that's what I've been thinking about a lot too like mm. you know parents who are staying home and teaching their kids and um, like, yeah, having to stay home from work and, and give their kids attention. And, uh, I think there's a lot of beauty that's really coming out of this and putting the spotlight on things that are actually really important. Yeah, we actually, we just spent this past week, um, with my in-laws and, uh, my Austin has two young half siblings who are in middle school right now. So and it, they're usually like, running around like crazy going to different sports practices and like doing different after school activities and like they're barely like barely home and like barely together as a family and that was something my mother-in-law was kind of saying to me it's just like it's been really nice actually to like have this much time with the kids and like how you know they're driving her crazy to an extent but also like they're playing games together and like they're cooking together and they're talking together and it's been cool it was cool to like be a part of that for a week and just like um yeah see the family kind of like heal almost like that in a culture of busyness yeah it's kind of it kind of reminds me of being a child and coming up with creative things to do you know like when you didn't have a phone you didn't have all these other things or new or you weren't allowed on electronics as often I don't know my sisters and I spent like a, a ton of time in our basement just like being creative and I I've felt that it and actually kind of plays into my temptation a little bit too but I've felt a lot of creativity recently and just like the ability and the flexibility and the freedom to be able to be more creative in different areas like both professionally and like in in my own life but it has also been a temptation for me to settle and to just let the ideas be ideas um, and let them be things that, you know, things that were inspired, some things that were inspired by the Holy Spirit that I just don't get up the strength to do because it's easier to be lazy and it's easier to be like, oh, I'll do it at the end, of, like after we get through quarantine. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Like nobody will notice a difference, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think what's been a help in that temptation is just seeing the inspiration of other people that have chosen to take on these things that they they were also not required to do um that have made a, a huge impact on other people like I just think about people that have written signs um to healthcare workers and 
put them in their yards. And it's like, nobody, they didn't have to do that by any means. Um, but the fact that they did has left such a strong impression of, of Christ's love in the world. And so I think about that in my own life and just how I've struggled to settle in, in my laziness um, instead of having the strength to do what the Holy Spirit is asking me to do. Yeah, and like I think in a lot of ways this is um, really a, a gift, not, not the sickness and the suffering at all, but these, these things we've been talking about, like this time and space to confront things that need to be confronted and to turn to God and just to realize too that we are, we are truly not in control of anything um, and realize our, our utter dependence on him. Like this is such an opportunity and so it, it almost makes sense that the enemy – um, you know, whether that's the devil or just the world or whatever is going to come in and try to, to like sabotage this, this really beautiful and unique opportunity. Um, yeah. There was a really good reflection in the Magnificat today that was about that. I'm looking for mine right now. Can't find it. But it was, yeah, all about how, like, we need to rely, rely on God for everything and allow him to be our peace and, like, stop getting discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, because literally can't do anything without God. Um, and everything is a gift. And, like, all the frustrations and most of the times that we stumble, like, you know, God's going to use all of it. Mm-hmm. God is going to use this time if we let him, too. Yeah. I've definitely felt myself, um, because of everything being slowed down, just being better at bringing God into the little moments of things that I'm doing, or like recognizing things in myself that I need to change. Like the other, the other week I was cooking and I just, I got really frustrated because a few things were going wrong as normal (laughs) when I cook, (laughs) but but it, some things are going wrong, and then I just got so frustrated, and I I just took a moment, I paused, and I was like, why am I frustrated right now? Like, I get that, yeah, these things are going wrong, but at the same time, I have all the time in the world to finish this, and I'm just letting this moment of frustration steal my joy away um, when I could just invite God into this moment and it be joyful and fruitful and beautiful. And I've just found myself thinking about that a lot in the slow down moments of bringing, bringing God in more and being present with him more, which has been very nice. I've also cried over cooking this quarantine. <laughs> I, <feel your pain. laughs> I also almost cried tonight because I bought salmon last week and it was fresh salmon. It was really inexpensive and I was so excited and I made half of it last week and it was delicious and then I left it in the fridge for a few days and I took it out today and I was like it's been in the fridge for a few days I'm just gonna google like signs that salmon is going bad and it it looked fine it felt fine it just smelled a little more fishy than salmon normally does and so I was like kind of going back and forth I called my mom because (laughs) I call my mom all the time about things (laughs) That was specifically like, is this chicken okay? Do you think? Uh, she's like, I don't know, I can't smell it. But um, anyways, I cooked it. And I took it out, and it's it didn't smell as fishy. But then I had I had read a few more things on the internet, and I'd psyched myself out because I have a fear of throwing up, and I just yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. So 
I didn't eat the salmon. It's currently sitting on the stove right now and I made eggs instead. And then I went outside to go sit down to eat and there was a whole pile of ants on the floor eating a piece of rice that had fallen on the floor because we were having an ant infestation. Oh. I, was like, yeah. I was like, this is not, I just wanted to eat my salmon <laughs> in peace. Prowling around like a roaring lion. <laughs> yeah. Prowling <laughs> around like little ants. Like a pile of ants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so gross. They're fine when it's like one at a time, but then when they're all together, yeah. they are disgusting. Mm, it's real gross. They're like yeah. moving as one being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the so nasty. They're wow. very hardworking, though. Yeah. <laughs> They're strong. Yeah. Cool. They're good examples. Yeah. I did. I saw one carrying another dead ant away, and I was like, you are performing a corporal work of mercy. <laughs> so. Not only Kelsey Cronin has. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. To tie this back in, I don't know why I thought of this when you were talking about the ants, but... I was thinking about in the hidden life in the movie when we watched it and the part where they're talking about weak, like being weak and like having that weakness, like you recognize the weakness in other people. And I also thought back to my time when I was living in Central America and how like originally when I would get home and I would take off all my dirty clothes and just like want to take a shower and I would go turn on the shower and then the water wasn't working, how that frustrated me the first many times that it happened. And then eventually it just became something that was so normal. Like you never know when it's going to happen. It's just going to be that way. And I was just thinking about that in, in this time and just how kind of like what you're saying with the ant and the cooking and just all of that, how like, those little moments of pain and frustration, like the more that we have them um, and the more that we like recognize that weakness, I don't know, sorry, I'm just coming up with this right now. So I'm kind of processing um, as I speak, but like the, the more times that we kind of have those moments of weakness, the better we get at handing them over to our loving father because of that practice um, of doing that. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that in this time and how I've, I've definitely felt that again with the slowed down pace of life and being able to practice like those little moments um, of virtue and letting go. Yeah, that's actually another thing, that idea of this idea of like freedom that I've sort of been thinking about in all of this, when there are all of these external restrictions placed on us, we have this opportunity to like cultivate virtue and, and we have the freedom to choose what we do with this situation. And like you said, like choosing to, um, to not, yeah, to not let those things discourage us. Um, I lost my train of thought. I had a lot of thoughts about this earlier today, but I will leave it there for now. Yeah. I think a temptation that I definitely was fighting near the beginning of all of this happening was like my temptation to like hate my dependence uh, because I don't necessarily like being dependent on other people or other like things like I would like things to go according to the 
plan that I have in my mind, even though I am like not a planner at all. Like I'm probably the worst planning person that you'll ever meet, but I do find like comfort in even just having an idea of how like my schedule is going to be and like what the future is going to hold. So especially near the beginning of this, when a bunch of like major life events or major things that I was looking forward to getting canceled. And then, yeah, just not having the opportunity to gather with our parish community and my like close group of friends as often as I would like to. And as often as I was used to, whenever people would try to comfort me and either say to me directly or like post on social media of like, well, this is a time like, that is teaching us that we need to just give everything to God and like hand it over to him. And like, he's the only one who's really in control. I was so tempted to be like, I hate that. (laughs) Like, even though I know that it's true and I know that like fundamentally I can understand how that is the case, but when you are like asked to do it, it's much harder, at least for me to put into practice of like actually handing it over to God because I want to like hold on to it so tightly. Yeah, and I think, like, what you were talking about, Kelsey, one of the, I guess, comforts that people were sharing was how the word quarantine is derived from the word for 40, and so this time of quarantine was actually, like, the time of 40 days in Lent, and so it was very appropriate that we were going through this at that time, but in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking, like, it doesn't look like it's going to end with Lent, though, like, at least with Lent, we know like when it's going to be over and when Easter is coming, but we don't have the comfort with that. So I couldn't even allow myself to be comforted by that, like description of like, yeah, quarantine and how we could appropriate it to our season of life. So, but I think, yeah, because of that, because part of me was so angry at being reminded of my lack of independence, um, I was like really unwilling to bring it to God and like hand it over to him because that would be doing exactly what I was so angry about. Um, And so it finally came to a breaking point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't like hold it together like on my own because I feel so upset and I can't even like share it like normally. Um, And the other frustrating thing was like, I, before all this would be able to go to like weekly adoration and like sit in the presence of the Eucharist and those were normally like my most powerful times of prayer and I realized that I just wasn't setting aside time to have really deep like mental prayer and just like think about being in God's presence um and so it was like right before Holy Week that I realized like I've been putting this off for so long because I've been so frustrated and so angry about my own, like, the ways that I lack uh, as, like, a human being, like, lack control, that I was, like, all right, this ends now, (laughs) and I was, like, we're just gonna sit down and, like, force ourselves to, like, pray for a full hour, and it was so fruitful, it it was, I prayed with the, um, the readings Palm Sunday, and, yeah, just being able to take all of that and tell God, like, like, I hate this, but it's the truth that, like, I am so weak, and, like, only you really do have, like, all of this in control, 
And so like being able to admit that and like hand it over to him in a way was like the most freeing thing. And then after that, it was like easier sailing. Like this has definitely been difficult and there are definitely times of struggle, but I think that was the biggest one that was really like hurting me near the beginning of this was admitting that I felt like so out of control in this situation and couldn't like just hand that over and let that be like something that I didn't have to worry about anymore. Um, but yeah, so since Holy Week, that has been, that temptation has been lifted a little bit, which I'm very grateful for. And like God has definitely um, brought like a lot of grace and or poured a lot of grace into that temptation specifically because I was really struggling with it. Um, but yeah, I think the more recent one, kind of like what Helen was saying, uh, has been definitely been laziness. Like when I get home, especially because it, feels like a lot of elements of my life haven't changed that much since I'm still going to work every day. It's like only the fun elements of my life have changed. Uh, like the part that was monotonous and like stayed the same, like getting up, going to work really early, coming home, like that has been but the things that I would look forward to, like spending time with friends or like going to the gym and like going to boxing classes with Ben and um, just doing more social things are all the things that I felt like were taken away from me. Um, so yeah, when I do have the time outside of work, I'm just like, so like mentally exhausted of the fact that like that part has still stayed the same. And it's one of the most like draining parts of my week. So there's definitely a temptation to not do anything with the rest of the time that I have throughout the week. So I think that's the more recent one that I've been fighting a lot is to just like actually make an effort to give that time to God in whatever way that he wants me to, uh, whether that's like spending more intentional time with Ben, as opposed to us just like sitting down and watching a show together and maybe just doing something more intentional together, like cooking a meal um, or even just like cleaning the living room together. Yeah. And just, yeah, more focus on that as opposed to like sitting in my laziness. Mm -hmm. yeah thanks for sharing that Kelsey or Casey Casey when you were speaking about um like control and prayer and you know that ab the absence of adoration and that very designated time of prayer I don't think I realized that that was something that I had I mean, I definitely miss like time of adoration but I didn't realize like that I struggled with it in that particular way uh, and I feel like I've been trying to take control of my prayer in, in a sense, like doing like, it's kind of like when you, when you go and you, you kneel down to pray or you're praying somewhere and you tell God all these things and you go blah, 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 and then you leave and you're like, okay, bye God. I feel like I've been doing that in prayer where it's like, okay, like I'll give you like something and like, you know, like the surface level stuff. Um, and I feel like that is a way that I guess I didn't even realize that I was trying to take control um, of my life, like during this time where like everything else seems like so up in the air. But yeah, just making that intentional time is so important. And any time that I have done that, I've seen the fruit of it is just really like a temptation to to not. It's just really easy not to. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. I think too with like the openness of the schedule it's so easy to like say like oh because usually 
I ha I would like pray in the mornings before doing pretty much anything else because that was the only time during the day when I really like could set aside that time. Like we were so busy with everything else that it was either like I had to carve out that time and do it then or it wasn't going to happen. And now with the openness of the schedule, it's very easy to say like, oh, like I'll sleep in and then I'll pray this evening and I'll do that, you know, and it's just, um, I think for that reason and like amongst others, like prayer has been almost so much more difficult because there is less structure and there is there, like, we're not going to mass and we're not um, going to adoration. And so it's like, yeah, easy to get lazy with it almost and lazy about like, being rigorous with structured prayer time. I feel like I actually have had the opposite happen <laughs> where before I would use like, oh, I'm so tired, gotta go to work as an excuse to like shorten my prayer time. But quarantine and like having extra time in the morning has really been such a gift in like, I wake up, I make my French press coffee and I sit down with Jesus for an hour and sometimes more. Um, and so I think that has been sort of a fruit of, of my quarantine. Um, I think living in, in a more secular area, um, where I don't have like readily available access to all of the sacraments all the time. I mean, they have very, uh, like a huge lack of confession times and things like that. That has kind of been my reality for a while where, um, I haven't felt the pang of it. Um, Anyway, I'm just kind of blabbing now, but I do think like this has been just a really cool time where although we might not necessarily be able to receive the sacraments, like we can still make a spiritual communion and like still be just as close to Jesus as, as we are when we're able to receive him. Um, and we're still united to the body of Christ, like through that as well. So anyway, blah, blah. <laughs> 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 it's one of those things where you start your sentence and you're like, I have no idea. What I'm with it, but I feel like that's every time I speak on this. Yeah. <laughs> oh Kelsey, I'm really glad you said that actually. Um, how, you know, we're still just as close to Jesus as if we were receiving the Eucharist like in person. That's something I've been struggling with a lot is the fact that mass is through a screen. Um, and I don't know. I, I, like I, I know that, you know, I do make the act of, of the spiritual communion and um, we do gather as a family for mass and all of that. But I think I was very dependent on the leaving the house and going somewhere specific, even though I've, you know, I have times of prayer in the home, just like that, um, just entering the church just always does something to me. And I feel like having it through a screen, it's just, um, it's been a struggle. Um, and I like to stay after mass to pray. And I usually go to pray, um, in front of like a statue of mother Mary as well. And I don't know why, I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I have like so many statues of mother Mary in the house. Like, why don't I, you know, but for some reason, like, um, just not being able to, to go to confession, like to go to mass in person and all of that has just been kind of hard. Yeah, I think something that's cool that just came up in my mind, like while you were saying that, um, 
I think a lot of times we depend so much on like the flashy showy part of our faith, like the mass. No, that's like flashy showy, but but like we depend on, you know, and, and like all of these big things to have a relationship with God when like you don't need those things to have a relationship with God. You just show up and he's there waiting for you. Um, and I think if the if this quarantine in isolation and um, inability to get to the sacraments teaches us anything. It's that like, although those things are a huge gift to us, like it doesn't change the fact that we're in relationship with God. Um, and he's meeting us here, like where we're at now. Yeah. There's yeah. a quote that St. Teresa Benedicta of the cross wrote. Um, she's also, her name was Edith Stein before that, but um, a friend shared it, and I think it speaks exactly to this. And she says, um, for us, the sacraments are the prescribed means of grace, and we cannot receive them eagerly enough. But God is not bound to them. At the moment when some external force were to cut us off from receiving the sacraments, he would compensate us super abundantly in some other way. And he will do so all the more certainly and generously, the more faithfully we have adhered to the sacraments previously. Um, yeah, and I just was like, yeah, God, like the sacraments are real objective realities and like ways that we come in contact to God, but um, he is not bound to them because he is God. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thank you, Zoe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Zoe said that. Yeah, it was actually from a book she wrote called The Hidden Life <laughs> on the theme of oh. hidden lives. <laughs> yeah. All of our lives are hidden now. It's true. <laughs> oh man, that was terrible. That was <laughs> no, it's that true. Was so cut that out. I was pondering that. I was thinking about it after you said it. I was like, "You're right." Yeah. No, and we like do all have this opportunity in these hidden moments to to choose God. And I was thinking about that today in prayer. Like, it's so someone already mentioned the movie A Hidden Life. Some of us had watched it yesterday via Zoom um, together. And yeah, it's the story of Franz Jagerstadter. He was a martyr and he refused to fight in um, with the Nazis. And so just in the movie, I mean, it's so, it's so beautifully shot and it's this just amazing story. And you see this like heroic virtue lived out. And so for us, it's, it's like a wonderful witness, but like for him, he was just kind of like in solitude doing this thing that no one saw and they really told him like, no one's going to know about this. Um, and just thinking how, when, like when I'm in community and when I'm in these like moments of joy, holiness and sainthood seems so attainable and so exciting. And then it's in those moments of like solitude and loneliness when it's like raining out and you're tired and you don't know when the quarantine is going to be over that it's, it's, and it's not glamorous anymore. It's like really difficult to, to choose that and to just be like encouraged and excited about being a saint. Um, but like, yeah, those are the moments when we have to choose it anyway. Um, and ultimately like all the saints whose beautiful stories that we hear and see now, like they, they made that decision too. And they, and they, a lot of times did it in, a hidden way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think part of the um, 
part of like celebrating our faith together is like I'm clearly much more aware of my actions when I know that there are people there to like see them and watch them um because you know like oh how could this be perceived and you know what could people think if I do this sort of thing and so living our faith in community kind of gives us that boost to like live better and that is one thing that I think I've been struggling a lot with during quarantine as well is like not only do I not have the community there to encourage me but I don't have the community there to kind of like hold me accountable in a way um you have to like do it on your own knowing that like nobody is like you could like neglect some part of your spiritual life and nobody would see it and like nobody would know but ultimately like you know that it affects your relationship with God and wouldn't do any good to it and at the same time like God knows obviously um but it's so much easier for us to be like oh it's fine like like he'll forgive me um but yeah during this time like we should be running toward him even more um and yeah so I think that is another difficulty that I've had during quarantine of like holding myself accountable as opposed to having a community there to like help hold me accountable does anybody have any other thoughts before we maybe wrap up I was wondering if maybe um, those, I mean, if maybe um, we could share like ways in which, I know we've kind of dabbled in it a bit, but um, in case any of our listeners um, find themselves like struggling to connect with their, you know, with God right now or truly um, spend time with him um, or if they're, you know, having trouble like adjusting to this just ways in which um we've all been able to maintain that um relationship or um little things we've done that have allowed us to connect with god on a daily basis also i want to hear them too because i need some (laughs) ideas so I will answer the question of (laughs) what I am doing, but I also wanted to kind of tie back in what Casey was saying earlier. Um, And I was just thinking about like the ways in which like not only like with community, but the ways that we rely on other things or other people in our relationship with God. Um, And that became like a theme for me in my life, my senior year of college and just recognizing that maybe sometimes I like, I relied on those things like too much. And so all that to say that I feel like during this time of quarantine, really just getting back to the simplicity of just being present with Christ. I know that doesn't sound like very practical, but some ways that like I do it practically, I guess, are spending time like journaling, just like what's going, like what's going on in my life. Um, also spending time with scripture has always been helpful and fruitful and helping me connect those dots and to dive deeper with the Lord. And then I think ironically to counter what I just said a little bit, <laughs> um, spending time in, com- in community virtually with people 
um, a good mentor of mine and friend. I just spoke with her the other day and it's been beautiful to connect with her and just realize the need and the desire for intercessory prayer um, and how beautiful and how powerful that can be. And it's something that I want to bring back into my life more. I've, already, I've always been pretty, I've always failed often at intercessory prayer because I've often felt very overwhelmed by the number of of prayer requests out there. Um, and, and so it's something that I want to bring back into my prayer life. And I think that, I don't know, there's a lot of little reminders throughout the day and little moments throughout the day that I could be speaking, thinking of other people instead of myself, but I don't know how practical some of those were, but I think journaling and scripture, um, for me have been really fruitful. That's super practical. <laughs> I think um, for me, it has been similar, similarly um, reading scripture. Um, my friend had gotten me the Magnificat for my for no for Christmas, um, and so I've been getting that delivered every month. And I think that they're um, offering it free online right now. Um, resources to people but just having like one place where the, all the daily readings are and like the reflections are so good um that has been a huge gift just starting off my morning with that and trying to take that into prayer throughout the rest of the day and um yeah I'll be kind of praying about it another thing and this is kind of silly and it helps when you have someone to do it with you but uh Adam and I have check-ins throughout the day just to be like how are you doing but also we pray at those times whether that's just a quick Hail Mary or um we're doing like a Novena to St. Joseph um things like that it's like quick it takes five minutes but it's like refocusing your mind and your heart um on God um so that has actually been it's it felt really silly at first but like we'd be like okay 7 a.m how are you doing pray uh noon three, five, seven, like we do it throughout the day. Um, and it has borne like a lot of fruit. It's been really, really cool. Um, and then spiritual reading. I mean, we have more time now than we've had in forever. So just kind of reading all the spiritual books that I've wanted to read for a long time. Um, I'm almost finally finished uh, with St. Faustina's diary. <laughs> <laughs> the past like three years. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that has also, yeah, reading the lives of the saints, um, which also leads us closer to God. So those are a couple of things. I feel like for me, and again, like we, this quarantine has coincided with like an already very difficult season. Um, so it's been like less of a time for going like super deep in prayer and just like totally, I mean, I'm aware of my dependence on God in a lot of new ways um, and some unfortunate ways, but uh, so it's been like, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this with like kind of being angry with God and frustrated with God right now. Um, so, and I think the one thing that's been super helpful is just like not being ashamed of feeling that way and not like hiding from God for feeling that way. And just like continuing to show up in prayer and show up to mass and like being this, um, I was joking with Austin on Easter. I was like, my presence is my prayer. Like that is just about like praise and worship feel very, um, 
not false right now, but they're just like, they don't feel very authentic maybe at the, at this moment, but like being just still like showing up and like even being honest with God, like, Lord, like I'm frustrated with you right now, um, has been like a very fruitful prayer. So for the listeners out there who are frustrated right now with the current situation, um, it's okay to be angry and it's okay if this isn't like a time of like your deepest, most fruitful prayer ever. Um, I think it's okay to just kind of still talk to God, even if you're frustrated with him. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I love, no, it's okay. I was just going to say that I love that. Just your, your simple presence is a prayer. Your presence is a prayer. Um, it makes me think about dry seasons and, um, this is kind of a little bit tangential, I guess, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of went through a phase and I guess I still kind of like believe this. Um, but part of me is like, there's not really any such thing as a dry, like for me, like most people, if they're experiencing a dry season, it's because they're not spending time in the presence with God. They're just, they're not doing that because even in the dry seasons of like, you know, like obviously mother Teresa talks about, um, that spiritual dryness, which is so true. Um, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. I just think it's like, it's not truly dry because we're in the presence of God and like, that is enough. And that is praiseworthy, um, enough. And it puts a smile to God's face to see that. Um, and it's beautiful and it's simple. Um, but yeah, I really like that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I think that is very relatable. And I think that's why I was so frustrated near the beginning of this quarantine is that I just had so many like holy people in my life, which is a blessing, but also like reminding me of how they were like growing closer with God during this time. And I was like, I am not feeling that right now. Like our relationship is very strained at the moment. Um, But yeah, I think if I were talking to myself at the beginning of this quarantine, one thing I would say is to, like, even if, like Rachel had said, even if you are frustrated with God, just, like, make the time to at least, like, sit with him, and even if that's all you can, like, muster to tell him, like, do it, because I, I feel like I was putting that off for so long, being so frustrated, and being, like, I'm not even gonna, like, tell you that I'm mad at you, (laughs) and it's, like, no, like, how do you expect, like, anything to happen then, just, like, holding on to it, and hoping that eventually it'll change, um, So yeah, like if you've been putting that off for whatever reason, like just make the time to just spend it with God and be honest with him about how you're feeling right now. Um, Yeah, some of the, I guess, more practical things I've been doing more recently, even before the quarantine had started, um, I had started to get back into the habit of reading on my commute again, which was uh, going very well. And so luckily that has continued to go pretty well. And I've been able to read even a bit more during this quarantine. So today I actually finished uh, the final Narnia book, which was exciting. Um, And like that, I never like thought of that as a good way to enter into prayer beforehand. Like I had read a few of the books, but this is the first time that I had read the whole series through. And there are a few other books written by Christian authors that are like, fantasy uh, and fiction that yeah might not be explicitly about 
the gospel, but are about like the truths that we see in the gospel and the truths that we see in our faith. Um, and so just using those to kind of enter into that like reality of like God's goodness has been very fruitful and something that I always knew I could like recognize in like movies and songs and like the moving into the realm of like books and like literature, like kind of expanding the yeah the form of arts where I can ponder God more deeply um so yeah that was a recent one that I really enjoyed and they're written for children so they're, <laughs> so they're easy to get through mm -hmm. so if you have you feel like you don't have a lot of time to read luckily these are written for 10 year olds yeah that's awesome um my practical prayer is not super helpful because I have been able to continue going to mass and so yeah like I said before that's just been such a gift and I if anything it has deepened my gratitude for the, the ability to go to mass um, and just how precious of a gift that is and how precious it is to receive Jesus in communion and like I think that the times I've received communion during these days of like pandemic are some of the most like intense or just um, profound sort of experiences of like that God is really here. I think feeling the weight of all of the people who cannot receive and being able to like offer that on their behalf and to receive on their behalf. And I just sort of got a glimpse, I think maybe a little small glimpse of what it's like almost to be a priest, like just they that their people are on their shoulders and like they are acting on behalf of them and and serving them um but yeah they're they're always offering the sacrifice for their people and like to be to be able to like take part in that when so many people can't i feel like it's just yeah sort of a small glimpse of of that um that love and that role anyways um yeah, but I've also, I've similarly been reading a lot of scripture and I've been going through um, a Bible in, the Bible in a year reading plan and I'm on day 60 something and that has been amazing. I feel like I'm getting to know God in a way that I just never even realized I could. Um, I feel like I'm, yeah, it's like dating a person and you just keep learning more about them and falling <laughs> in love with them more on every date. Um, yeah, so that's been really cool. So yeah, he's always there. He's always alive there. So that's something that we can turn to all the time. Yeah. Also, um, it's so beautiful to see just how many priests are really stepping up and like live streaming their masses. Um, I know it's been really fun to watch the mass on Catholic TV and like see the back of Kelsey's head. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, in mass, I see her like girls <laughs> and so utilizing what resources we do have because yeah we might not be able to physically be in the mass but I mean people are well, yeah, so many people are airing their masses and I've seen people who are like live streaming adoration and things like that mm -hmm. um, you can make make use of that as well we had a priest during Holy Week here in Boston who started doing confession. There were a couple of priests actually who were doing confession through a window, which was very awkward because you're like six feet away from a window screaming your confession at a priest. And he's like, can you speak up? And you're like, there's people 20 feet behind me, so do I have to? Um, but even things like that where they're like priests are getting so creative 
Um, yeah. And I really appreciate it. What? He, my priest from home, he literally sat in his car with the window down and taped up a sheet so that it was like you were behind <laughs> the screen and so you just drive up and you hear <laughs> your confession and you drive away. I love that. Um, and like yeah. drive through confessions and things like that. Um, my sister's school, um, shout out to Montrose School, they have been just incredible in general, but um, they, during um, Lent, they were doing um, like a family rosary every week. And it was so beautiful to get on Zoom. And um, the priest was was leading it um, from where he lives and he was in the chapel. And so we got to um, be in the chapel during that. And it was so beautiful to just listen to um, all these or see so many families logged on. I mean, we all had our microphones off and cameras off. So the, the priest was the only one we heard. But at the end, we would all come on and say hello. And it was so beautiful to see so many families gathered around Zoom. And um, the priest uh, has was also sending like the day, the homily of the day in the daily emails that they send to the parents. Um, so, and the drive-through confession. So I think it's, it's really beautiful seeing how, um, how they're making the best of it and bringing us all together in a virtual way. Um, and a way that I've been, sorry, Kelsey, go ahead. No, I just said, thank God for priests. Yeah. So yeah. Amen. And deacons um, too. Yeah. A practical way um, that I've been connecting with God on a daily basis is just offering things up. Um, things that I found that there are things that frustrate me or I get annoyed at or um, just very simple day-to-day -day things and just taking that and offering it up and knowing that God's going to do, do something beautiful with that, no matter how small it can be. Um, that has been very helpful. And uh, just like nightly prayer, we do prayer as a family before going to bed and being able to um, bring all of the intentions that we have. And it seems like every day the list gets longer and we add more and more people to it. But um, it's, I, it's been really nice to be able to pray for others during this time as well. Beautiful. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, I think with that, maybe we can just wrap up and yeah, thank you guys all for, for sharing. Um, and yeah, just to all of our listeners know, as we said, that you're not alone in your suffering and in any anger you might be experiencing. Um, yeah, you're not alone in that. And your brothers and sisters are experiencing the same thing and, and you're in our prayers. Um, yeah. Anybody else have anything to add to that? <laughs> and we will hopefully be able to record some more podcasts this way um i think it worked out pretty well so yeah until next time you are in our prayers and we'll talk to you later bye, bye. <laughs> we are <laughs>Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening. Daughters is a production of Grexley. To listen to more episodes of our show or to find other great podcasts, visit www.grexley.com. 
That's G-R-E-X-L-Y dot com. You can also support Grexley on Patreon, where you'll get access to behind-the-scenes content and tons of other fun perks. You can find us there at www.patreon.com slash Grexley. We'll see you next time.